This is Forum. I'm John Michaels, Public Affairs Radio Director since 1977. And uh, we're going to be talking about a very serious subject right now, especially with the Sturgis, uh, people getting, you know, already uh, going out to the hills. Becky Rasmussen, Executive Director of Call to Freedom. And that has to do with the trafficking. We'll let uh, Becky, Becky tell us a little more about that. But I wanted to say Mary is here. She's a survivor of human trafficking and uh, with program development at the uh, Call to Freedom. And on the phone, we have uh, Rebecca Carey, a survivor of human trafficking, founder of the Hands of Justice. And um, you're kind of the uh, uh, the overcomer leader. <laughs> or, yeah. The Texas, tell us uh, real quickly, Rebecca, um, we hear in the news so much about the uh, trafficking coming across the border. Can you give us kind of a firsthand uh, picture of what that's like for you in Texas? Right. Um, I mean... The border has a, a, a crisis, obviously, and, and the human trafficking coming across the borders is uh, obviously risen over the years. But I think there's also a misconception that that's a, what it looks like here in the United States, when in fact, um, about 83% of those that are being trafficked in the United States are United States citizens. And so we, we try to educate more on that rather than the border crisis that's happening and, and trafficking, because that's just something that's going to be continuously ongoing until we really get our borders secure but um, also again just the misconception that that's how it's happening here in the United States when it really is much much more than that well Rebecca you're going to be in Sioux Falls soon so Becky tell us about the events coming up here shortly that uh, uh, people can go to and uh, meet some of these survivors yeah John we're very excited to introduce two events um, these will both be on Tuesday July 26 uh, starting at 6 30 p.m. and they'll be at the State Theater um, our first event is Hidden in Plain Sight. We will have community leaders speaking on this t- subject of human trafficking. But more importantly, we're going to hear from the experts. And those are the individuals that have overcome trafficking situations in their life. And so we have a panel of three individuals who have come out of uh, tra- different trafficking situations that will be sharing their perspective. Um, a little bit about a story, but more of their perspective on the work that they're doing in the field now and what they're seeing in regards to human trafficking. Um, and how as a community we can come together and shine light on something that needs to be shown light on. And then we have the Red Sand uh, Project, which will follow that event in this will be with our partners, which is South Dakota Indian Urban Health and Native Hope. And we will be taking action and we will be uh, filling in the cracks. And this is just really a signify that a lot of individuals that are in trafficking situations are falling through the cracks. Um, we, as just as Becca said, um, our communities are not educated well in how to identify or even to respond to trafficking situations. And so the Red Sand Project will bring light to that and really stand for um, um, filling in the cracks when we need to talk about this issue more. Well, Becky Rasmussen, we've, we've had you on before, Executive Director of Call to Freedom. For those who are new, we get 7,000 people coming into the city every year. What is Call to Freedom? Yeah, Call to Freedom offers supportive services to those that have been victimized be, by either human trafficking and that sex or labor uh, exploitation of trafficking. But also, um, we do a lot on the advocacy side and awareness and prevention. So we kind of encompass that whole holistic approach 
approach to serving survivors. And so we work alongside community providers that um, might be first responders in those situations, and we'd help train them, develop responses, um, do events like we're doing on the 26th um, to help bring awareness. But more importantly, um, we offer housing and supportive services to those that are coming out of these situations. And, um, you know, we have two individuals here who can shed a lot of light on what that looks like um, in regards to what kind of support different survivors need. But um, anywhere from mental health to addiction to housing to jobs, um, and that's really what Call to Freedom does is they come alongside um, survivors and their journey to becoming overcomers and leaders um, in this in this area to really provide those services so they can safely get out of those situations. We're on the crossroads of two major interstates. Um, the cartels uh, are in the region. We can say, you know, some people might say, well, no, that's not, but uh, they do have a reach here. Uh, Rebecca, that, that was Becky Rasmussen. We got Rebecca, uh, you're a survivor of human trafficking, but tell us about what the hands of justice is in Texas. Well, um, much like Call to Freedom, we, we walk alongside survivors after the fact. So we are helping more with economic empowerment for survivors. I think a lot of people believe that once a survivor is um, exited the life, they go into like safe housing or safe programs. Um, but in truth, um, well, perspective-wise, uh, there's 313,000 victims of trafficking here in the state of Texas only. And there's only about 400, 450 beds nationwide that deal with human trafficking. So there's not enough beds out there. There's not enough funding to create more beds. And so a lot of these men and women are out there doing life on their own after having survived severe tra- uh, trauma. So we just come alongside them. We offer them support groups. These are support groups are led by survivors. Um, we offer counseling. We offer job um, or help finding jobs or um, creating job skills for these men and women. Um, we help with scholarships. So if they want to get an education or get a GED or even return to college, um, just a lot of everyday needs that these men and women have and um, just providing them ways to attain them that um, aren't them doing it on their own. That makes Re- sense. So. Rebecca, you can talk with authenticity as a survivor of human trafficking yourself. And you're going to be speaking again. I want to remind everybody, Tuesday, July 26th from 6.30 to 8 p.m. at the Sioux Falls State Theater. Very comfortable chairs there. And it's a free event called Hidden in Plain Sight. Now, Mary, we haven't talked to you yet, but you're a survivor of human trafficking and your program development at uh, Call to Freedom. Uh, I, I guess uh, I, I, we talked to you before, and, and, and there's so many things that are interesting. When we talk about cartels and that, you were part of that a few years back what what thing you went to well i think actually to understand the different types of trafficking in the world that i was in i was very vulnerable at that time so the vulnerability and the trauma happens prior to being trafficked so i had met people that accepted me loved me i felt belonged um, when i didn't feel like i was a part of anything growing up even though I came from a very great family here in Sioux Falls, um, graduated, went on for college for a little bit, but I just happened to have met the wrong person when I moved out of the state. Your vulnerability is that you just didn't feel accepted. Not that so many people probably would have noticed that, but there was something to that where I personally inside of myself did not feel accepted. So when I had met a person that accepted me, 
got married and through the course of that and the grooming process as they call it um, and it was the love bombing and taking care of me and slowly taking me away from my family my friends Mm -hmm. the environment that I knew I did end up marrying my trafficker when I say there's cartels um, they do reach to Sioux Falls um, yes they do absolutely and with Sturgis coming up, Becky, I, I think you've had some experience. It seems like any large group, in other words, even the state fair or, you know, the Empire Fair, the farm show even, um, there's people that uh, think mm, there's some money to be made here. Yeah, I think uh, Rebecca brought up a really good point. There's a lot of misconceptions about how trafficking happens um, within communities, and every community is different. But I can speak to South Dakota uh, doing work to that uh, effect. But when you have large groups of people, um, you talk about the Super Bowl, you talk about PGA, you talk about Sturgis Rally, where we have over 500,000 people on the ground over two weeks. When you have that kind of activity and large groups of people, there's always business and from drugs to guns to human trafficking. And, and we know that it's happening because of who we've worked with and survivors have come out of those situations. And so it's really key. And I think going back to just what Mary and, and Rebecca have said is that we need to bring awareness to this because uh, there are very few services and my experience has been with survivors if they don't feel safe and their basic needs are not met they will not leave those situations and we as a community need to break the silence over this and bring light to it and so you know we do have two large uh, events towards the end of the year between Sturgis Rally and hunting season that bring in different groups of people and so we as a community this is a great opportunity to get to hear how this happens but also to understand how to report it and to see the warning signs so that we can intervene and make sure that we say in South Dakota that we don't want it to happen here and we as a community are going to stand together against it. Yeah, and I think also some of the ladies that I've mentored and I've talked with here from our state, they're, they're from South Dakota. Some are not. But they've all stated, like, this community, there's, like, services here, and the services that call to freedom encompass the entire person. So when people ask me, well, what does a victim coming out of a human trafficking situation need? I'm like, well, what don't they need? I mean, it's everything um, that that work, because uh, they do need to have employment and housing and basic needs. Um, if these things aren't provided for us, along with the support groups, and I'm very grateful for Becca Carey, who I'm grateful to call friend, and I'm humbled, and I'm also humbled to call Becky my friend, um, that if this isn't available, we we aren't going to be on that road of that journey of healing, and it, it's a lifelong thing. But this community in our state, even when I came home, there was nothing. So I had nowhere to go, nowhere to turn to. People just would say, well, something terrible happened to you. You're going to have to learn how to deal with it. Move on. You don't have bruises. You don't have an addiction. You just have to deal with it. They used to say that in the, in the Army or the Navy, just pull yourself up by your bootstraps. That's not so easy to do. Talk, no, it's not. Talking to Becky Rasmussen, Executive Director of Call to Freedom and uh, Program Development, Mary, uh, Survivor of Human Trafficking, and Rebecca Carey, who's going to be speaking coming up, Survivor of Human Trafficking, founder of Hands of Justice and Overcomer Leader in Texas. Uh, the Call to Freedom presenting Hidden in Plain Sight coming up Tuesday, July 26, from 6.30 to 8 at the Super Bowl State Theater downtown. And uh, they'd like you to register online. Uh, as the seating is, is limited. 
Uh, Rebecca will be talking there, and uh, Mary Jackson, Rita Gale, quite a few people. And the Red Sand Project, which is uh, actually on Tuesday, July 26th, uh, also um, take action to end modern slavery. Uh, tell us about that book, please. Well, I think um, through my years of educating, I wanted... Um I wanted a place where survivors could come and tell their story, um, like a collab, a collaborative kind of deal. We want people to know how this happened to us. And again, there was that misconception that human trafficking is black and white. And it looks like, you know, one thing like the movie Taken or something when it's so much more than that. And so I had the idea of saying, hey, um, let's share our stories and let's get it out there to people and, and let them know that each one of our stories is very, very different. Um, Mary was trafficked, so was I, but both of our stories are, are very different. We have overlapping um things that happen within our stories that might um, coincide, but the majority of us um, were trafficked in very different ways, and, that, and I think um, as sharing that in one place is what we had in mind, is we wanted people to see that. So you get to read these stories, you get to see how it happens, and in the meantime, um, there's also some educational tools thrown in there with each of these stories that explains it in depth so that um, the community can really see how this really happens and um, uh, what can be done and, and what we have gone through. And so it's just really an educational tool, and it's amazing to see that these men and women came together and we're so bravely um, open about sharing what happened and um, on what they're out there doing now to help change it. So, well, Becky, Becky, Rebecca, and Mary, uh, just one question. Uh, what age are we talking about when we say human trafficking? Oh, wow. Go ahead, Becca. Yeah. And Mary. Go, me. <laughs> Go ahead, Rebecca. Well, you can start that uh, one. Are, are you talking about the book? It's, it's 18 and up. Um, but there are, I've met, I've met kids as young as two that have been trafficked. I've met a woman that was 59 that was trafficked. So to me, there, um, uh, there is not an age limit. It's really more of a vulnerability um, society change that needs to happen. It really has nothing to do with age. And this can happen to anybody and does happen to anybody. I, th- I think anything. an area too, Becca, that, and this is Becky, that I'd like to talk about is the demand. Um, mm-hmm. When we talk about a cycle of human trafficking, we're really talking about a cycle. Um, there is a what we call demand, which is the buyer who sets the tone for what the victims look like. And, and that trafficker is that business person of and put it in layman terms. But um, with that, um, whatever the demand is craving and they're willing to put money into, um, that trafficker who is a business person is going to get that victim who fits that criteria. And that's where the problem is, is when we have pornography, we have this escalation of some of these um, sexual addictions and perverseness that's happening, unfortunately, within our communities. And over COVID, it becomes so so um, easy to access, and they were making it very easy to access, that we've seen an increase in those demand sites that as, as they get more comfortable in that role, unfortunately, it seems like it gets younger and younger and more perverse. And so I think we need to talk about not only what do we need to supply, you know, be able to provide for those that are coming out of trafficking, but we also need to curve the need for trafficking or that business part of it, which is that demand side. So if people are buying other individuals, they are not always willing participants. <laughs> there are human trafficking potential elements. And here in the state of 
of South Dakota, if you are under the age of 18, forced fraud or coercion does not need to be proven. And if you are purchasing somebody under that age, you could be purchasing or are purchasing a human trafficking victim. What's the name of the book, Rebecca, real quick before we move on? Um, it's called When Silence Ends. That's pretty good. Time. Are you going to bring some of those books with you when you speak? At the, I am. The, I actually just sent them off there um, <laughs> yesterday. And it's available maybe on Amazon? Or? It is. Um, if you go to our website at handsofjustice.org, um, you can order them on there. Or, um, again, we can always ship to you as well. One other question. Um, should parents be concerned if they drop their daughter off at the mall or the fair? Um, that, yeah, you go for it, girl. <laughs> I would tell a parent to be way more um, um, afraid of what's online rather than at the mall. Okay. Um, of course, kidnapping happens a lot within human trafficking. Not a lot, actually. It's very um, small percentage compared to how it's really happening and the majority of how it's happening, how kids are being groomed, and how they're being sold is off online. Um, so I, I would actually encourage parents to learn more about that aspect of it. Yeah, I just had a friend the other day explain that her daughter was on some social media site and some people had friended her that she didn't know and started asking you know questions or they were having like hey I'm having some issues with my parents this person was saying and their girl or guy responded yeah I am too and suddenly it's okay, now you've made a connection. That person knows they've made a connection with that person. Well, parents know about Facebook and Twitter. What other social media sites are the kids on that parents need to uh, learn about? All of them. <laughs> yes. There's new ones popping up all the time, yes. you say, ladies, yeah. because kick Instagram. You know, some of those that disappear quickly. Instagram, you know, mm-hmm. you can take a picture quick and then it disappears so that you don't have a trace. They're always looking for new apps. And if your family is monitoring, these guys, if they make a connection with you or these individuals it's not always men um they will introduce you to new new apps so be involved with your kids mobile device and online devices speaking with becky rasmussen executive director of call of freedom and rebecca carey survivor of human trafficking founder of hands of justice in texas and uh, mary a survivor of human trafficking um We've got 10 minutes left, and there's so much to talk about, Becky. I'm just going to let you take it and run because there's so much I know you need to get out in the next 10 minutes. Yeah, I think um, we're we're very excited. So we only have 155 open seats for this event. Um, so if you are interested in getting signed up, I want to make sure that you have that opportunity at calltofreedom.org. You can go to our website, www.calltofreedom.org, to get signed up because we only have a half hour to talk about this, but we're going to give it more time on July 20th. So please bring there. And if you have children that are you you think are might be in vulnerable situations, this is a great opportunity that for them to learn and to listen, not from their parents, but from other people um, that could speak into their life. But I want to spend some time too with with Mary and and Becca. And there's some you know when we talk about those misconceptions, um, and and we hear this, there's a lot of perceptions about how trafficking happens. Um, Mary, what would you? And then Becca after Mary, what? would you like to say to people in our community about some of those misconceptions of of trafficking victims? Well, I think the one thing I've heard is, well, we actually like it, which about made my stomach turn because we don't like it. We didn't ask for it. It is not something that we went and said, this is when I grow up, this is what 
I want to have happen to me. And it's when people use the word prostitution, it's, I find saying being prostituted because there's, I don't know of any that have, have said, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do this. And I'm, I ask for all of this. So they're actually being, being prostituted. Once you owe money, um, it's, it's very difficult. It takes a lot of courage and strength to actually leave and receive help for that. And it really doesn't know any boundaries. I know each state has a little different vulnerabilities in our state of South Dakota with our reservations, the poverty, the homelessness, addiction. Um, there's so many things that can make you vulnerable. But I know in our state, that's I wasn't as that type of vulnerability because, again, we can only speak from our own experiences. Right. And Becca, what, what would you say to the misconceptions? Yeah, I would, I would. Okay, so I'm always just like this big uh, advocate for education. I think that the more we get out there and share, the more the misconceptions will be overlooked. I think what most people, again, think of when they think of human trafficking is like the movie Taken or, or Pretty Women. Um, and it's kind of glorified in, um, in a lot of ways, and it's very much not like that. Again, it is, it's not black and white. It is very complicated. It is hard to explain to people, and so you have to be willing willing to have those hard conversations with your children, but you first need to be educated to do that because those misconceptions are going to continue unless um, individuals are willing to sit down and hear the hard facts of what it really looks like in each state, in each uh, America as as a whole. But um, once they do that, then they are able to recognize it a lot better. They are able to get help for those that really need it or for their loved ones. the misconceptions that are out there are highly uh, dangerous, I, I want to say, to the anti-trafficking movement because there are so many men and women that will never self-identify as an, as a victim because they think it looks like one thing when it really looks like a hundred others, if that makes sense. Yes, like, um, it again, it's just um, education is so important in, in anti-trafficking. And, and I think that's why these um, events that Call to Freedom is putting on is so very important. And I think too, you know, in the work that I do, and I am not a survivor, but I have the privilege of walking alongside overcomers and survivors and their journey to healing. But um, is why doesn't a, why doesn't a victim leave? You know, they might have an opportunity in an emergency department or maybe at a store to say something. Um, Mary, I'm going to start with you and then back out. What, from your perspective, maybe working with survivors or yourself, you know, what are some of those reasons why survivors don't self-disclose or leave those situations? Well, for people I have worked with, um, besides myself, other people I've mentored and walked alongside their journey is because that's what was normal to them. It um, just kind of is embedded in our brain, that cycle of abuse um, and knowing that where where are you going to go even if you do tell someone? And if you've told your story and you have to tell it over and over again, you're being re-victimized constantly. And if the community is not aware and sees the signs and can actually respond when somebody identifies, self-identifies, or the red flags are there. But that trauma also is a huge factor when you are have this trauma bond or you're married to the um, trafficker. Yeah. 
think for me, um, it took me 15 years after I was trafficked to self-identify as having been trafficked. I honestly had no clue that I was a victim because, uh, you know, Mary mentioned this earlier, 20 years ago, the, the, word, the term human trafficking didn't even exist. And so I, I really thought it was an isolated incident until I was sitting in a, a college class and I heard um, the terms. And that moment changed my life because I was able to say, oh, my gosh, not only did that happen to me, but it's happening to millions of other people. Um, but the more I work with men and women, I, I hear different things. I've heard um, people that are being threatened um, not to leave. They threaten their family. They threaten them. They threaten their children. Um, there are a lot of obstacles for someone to leave an abusive situation like that. It's not just one simple explanation. I mean, it can be anything from, like Mary said, there's nowhere to go. And then, um, or the obstacles to get to places that can help are so large. Um, or the threats of life, honestly, will just keep somebody in this bondage of um Yes, it's just that physical and mental part of it yeah, that keeps absolutely. you there. That's why I'm so grateful for Call to Freedom and Hands of Justice. And yeah. thank you so much, Becca, too. Yeah, and I Aww. think it is um, that collaboration piece in, in the community being a part of that answer. But I think uh, my experience is, and we have about three minutes left, so um, just real short, um, you know, in that safety, what is important for a victim? Um, a victim coming out to be a survivor of trafficking, what role does safety play to them um, in regards to making that decision to come out, Mary? Um, well, safety looks d different for everyone. So you really do need to validate, um, provide that environment in the beginning to know that, that a person's being heard that and that they belong and that you accept them into to receive services and support is probably one of the biggest things for myself. Becca? Yeah, I, I think for me, too, um, the sense of safety, uh, it comes and goes even after years of being out. Um, but if you uh, can walk alongside somebody and be like, look, you are safe. We're going to continue to be safe. Um, that's when true healing starts to happen. And not until then, because it, you can't. You can't even focus on anything else until you know that you are physically and mentally safe. And so it is so important to have those um, programs that are in place to help these men and women feel that way and, and be able to move on. With yes, it's, it's, a, it's a lifelong journey, but it doesn't mean that you cannot continue with new chapters in your life. Absolutely. Well, um, you've just heard a little bit. This is Becky Rasmussen um, from Mary and from Becca and so much insight. Um, please don't miss this event on Tuesday, July 26th. There's only 155 spots. So go to calltofreedom.org, get signed up, um, get educated um, for not only for yourself, but for those that Call to Freedom serves, um, but also for your generation, your family to come. And John, we thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to share. Um, and we just thank you for giving us a voice within our community. Again, we're yeah, speaking with you. Becky Rasmussen, Executive Director of Call to Freedom, and Mary, Survivor Program Development of Call to Freedom, and Rebecca Carey is going to be speaking coming up here on, on the uh, Hidden in Plain Sight program, Survivor of Human Trafficking, Founder of the Hands of Justice, and Overcomer Leader. Okay, um, tell us what you would say to parents out there right now. 
Again, I would I would say get educated. They, uh, first and foremost, um, find out what it really looks like, what it uh, really entails, and how to keep your children safe because this is happening every day all around you in plain sight. And um, the more you – I have a lot of parents tell me that they are afraid um, to learn about this stuff. And I'm always like, the more you know, the more knowledge you have, the less afraid you will be because you will know what to look for and you will know what to do if you do see the signs. So um, get educated and, and, and have those hard conversations with your children. Rebecca Carey and Becky Rasmussen, again, tell us how they can register online for the Hidden in Plain Sight. Yeah, you can go to calltofreedom.org and register online. Um, or if you see one of our nice little posters that are out into the community, you can scan that QR code and it'll take you right to that site and get you registered but make sure you register because when we are full we are full um, and we would love to see you on July 26th and how can you get a hold of you during regular working hours yeah call to freedom um, our website is a great resource any type of trainings that you would like for your first responders um, for your community um, we have individuals that are able to do that um, call to freedom.org or our phone number is 605-261-1880 if you'd like to call us Rebecca, Becky, and Mary. I want to thank you for being with us on Forum. Thanks, John. Thank you. For thank you. Forum is produced in studio, as we've been doing the program since the FCC first required it in 1977. We received the Golden Apple Award from the South Dakota Education Association, the Bright Idea Award from the Sioux Falls Public Relations Network for Lifetime Achievement, the Golden Wings Medal from the Children's Care Hospital, and Volunteer of the Year from the downtown Sioux Falls, formerly Main Street. We've also received awards from Associated Press over the years of what is still the longest-running public affairs show host in Sioux Falls radio history.